Hi, my name is Rachel and I am the host of Things I Wish I'd Known. I decided to set up this podcast because A, I love talking, I love learning from people, I love conversation and B, there are so, so many things I wish I'd known in my past, so many things I wish I'd known about my mental health, about self-care, about magic, mystery, spirituality, about so many things that I know now, these crazy new breakthroughs in science, frequency, sound, all kinds of things that I'm now so passionate about that I wish I'd known. And I'm hoping that by sharing these conversations with you, I'm going to be able to maybe relieve some suffering, maybe share some laughs and share some knowledge. Some of it you may think is amazing, some of it won't resonate, and that's okay. But I really, really want to get this knowledge out there. So I hope you enjoy listening to things I wish I'd known. Hello and welcome to Things I Wish I'd Known with your host, Rachel, the founder of Welford Wellbeing. Today is the final episode of season one of Things I Wish I'd Known, and it's just going to be me. I wanted to basically have a chat about all the things I wish I'd known. And I wanted to look over the kind of last year, all the things I've learned, and share them with you. So it's a bit strange for me. I've never done this before, but I think it could be really useful. So over the last couple of months, I've really been looking at my year and what has happened in 2019. I do a workbook each year called Review, Release, Renew. And I've been going over the questions and editing it and getting it ready for the 2019-2020 version. If you want to give it a go, there'll be a free download available from my website all the way through December and January. So you can go and download it for free and you can do the workbook on your own. Or if you wish, there'll be opportunities to do it as part of a workshop during December as well. So This process of kind of going through all the questions has really started to make me think about my year and how much generally I don't stop and look at what I've actually achieved. I tend to just go to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. It's like this kind of, I don't know, hamster wheel of trying to achieve all the time. And actually, when I was looking back over the year of everything that I've done and everything I've achieved, I started feeling really proud of myself. And instead of worrying about 2020 and what was going to happen and all my deadlines and all the things that I had coming up, I started being grateful and thinking about all the amazing things that had happened. So all the events that I'd ran, all the amazing breakthroughs my clients have had, the beautiful thank you cards that I've got, the retreats in Morocco and how amazing that was and that we managed to run two retreats this year and they were both exceptional and amazing. And I just thought, yeah, how often do we look back So today I just wanted to, I guess, give thanks to everyone that's been a guest in the first season of Things I Wish I'd Known. I mean, we have covered off some ground, right? From suicide, sobriety, psychedelics, shame, burnout. We went through skincare, anxiety, astrology, storytelling as a healing art. Like we've really, I feel, gone over a lot of subjects and there's so much more that I want to cover. So Thank you to everyone that's listened and thank you to everyone who has been a part of the podcast so far. It's really been a dream of mine for such a long time and now it's happening. 
So I want to get into what are some of the things that I wish I'd known over the last year? What are some of the things that I wish I'd known over my lifetime? And just hopefully share some tips and tricks and different things and inspire you guys, motivate you guys, and, and hopefully show you that, you know, officially I have a diagnosis of clinical depression and anxiety. Historically, I've suffered with panic attacks. At times, those panic attacks had got so bad that I couldn't leave my house. And am I 100% there with my mental health? No, I'm not. I have to be honest about that. You know, do I still get depressive dips? Yep. Do I still sometimes have to deal with quite extreme anxiety? Yes, I do. But the thing that I wish I'd known the most, especially about my mental health, is that I have way more control over my mental health than I thought. I never realized just how much power and control that I had over my mind and my body for that matter. And I found on my journey that healing, if you break it down to all its component parts, is really just a mix of two things. It's building self-awareness, so becoming aware of your thought patterns, what you eat, how your body feels, your behaviors, how you interact with people, all different kinds of things as like awareness for your environment, all this kind of stuff. And actually, when you become aware, you can start to then look at brave new choices. And really, for me, that's all it comes down to is just bringing awareness to things that need looking at and then making brave new choices so that those things don't continue and repeat into your future. And I think if I'd have known that things can change and you can totally heal yourself, I think I wouldn't have felt stuck in this cycle for so long of, you know, for for such a long time I had this real belief of like, this can't be it. You can't just get up go to work, make some money, go and get hammered with your friends and then die. Like that can't be all there is to life. And I think the reason that I felt like that and the reason that I thought like that was because I was actually really disconnected. I was really disconnected from myself. I was really disconnected from my community. I was really disconnected from, you know, lots of different elements of my life. I was completely spiritually bankrupt. I didn't have any kind of self-practice and I think that can leave you feeling really alone and really empty. And so I guess one of the main things that I wish I'd known is that you can change, things can change and that change isn't a bad thing and that you can evolve and you can develop and things that you thought weren't possible can become possibilities things that you thought you'd never do you can achieve and do and things that you thought you'd never do uh, you can do as well so for example I never thought I'd be able to run my own company that's something that I really never even considered as an option I'd always worked for somebody else and I've done that and nailed that off so that's very exciting I absolutely never thought I'd give up drinking (laughs) like That's been a real eye-opener. Sobriety is a real eye-opener. You know, going from someone who my whole life was basically built around 
going out, cocktails, drinks with clients, drinks with friends, drinks with family. Everything was kind of, you know, one of my saying, I used to say, I loved Christmas because you could drink before 10 in the morning and no one would judge you. So, you know, to go from that to having, I think this whole year I've had maybe six or seven alcoholic drinks is pretty, pretty out there. So I guess I would come under the sober curious type banner of sobriety, if you like. I'm not 100% sober, but I'm, you know, I, I don't really drink at all. And that's been a massive eye opener. I never thought that would be a thing. I guess the other thing that I really, really wish I'd known is once you realize there's an issue, so once you've built that self-awareness, once I realized, yeah, I've got some issues within my life, I've, I've got this pretty severe mental health problem, I'm, you know, at my lowest, I was bedridden with it for quite a few months and I couldn't work and I had to, you know, make some serious changes and and the reason around that is you can't get well in the same environment that you got sick in and I think if you imagine yourself as a house plant let's say the leaves were drooping it wasn't getting watered enough it wasn't getting enough light and you could tell that the plant was getting sick would you continue to not water it and keep it in a dark space or would you start to gently water it and introduce some light so the plant could grow? And I I think essentially that's what we do to ourselves. We kind of starve ourselves of things that we need and we're not always aware that that's what we're doing, but we get caught into this kind of churning cycle of doing 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 and we never really check in with ourselves and be like how am I what's going on with me like we'll ring our friends up and say like hey babe what's what's up with you how's things what's been going on but we never really check in with ourselves and the moment you start to check in with yourself and be like shit there's something pretty you know for me it was like something really seriously wrong here and it's worst point with my mental health you know it's really terrifying I don't really know how to describe it to anyone like if you've been there you'll you'll a hundred percent know and understand where I'm coming from when I say this but it's terrifying you can't trust anything like if somebody had come up to me and said the grass is blue and the sky is green I would have been like oh I thought that it was the other way around but maybe they're right like I wouldn't have gone now that's everyone knows it's the other way around I would have totally been like oh god okay I'm really confused here I thought you know nothing looks the same nothing sounds the same everything is you're just afraid of everything and you can't trust your own mind and that's a really terrifying place to be in but I'm sharing this not to kind of get people to be like in a pity party and like oh my god poor you right it's like I'm trying to show how possible it is how how you know I didn't know if I was going to come back from that like I was genuinely really scared that that was how my life was going to be right that was it now and at some point I had to make a very clear decision of do I want to stay where I am and I want to stay 
sick or am I going to make different choices and I'm going to improve and develop and move forward and heal myself? And I, I remember it being like a really kind of poignant moment. I was at home in my parents' house. I was, you know, I think I was 31, 32. And I just thought, you know, you're either in this bed now and that's it, or you have to learn a new way of doing things. And once I've made that decision, things started to get a bit easier. And I started to learn about meditation. I started to learn about neuroling. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, started to learn about um, EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, the tapping technique. I started to learn about all kinds of esoteric stuff like the law of attraction through Abraham Hicks and Louise Hay. I learned about neuroplasticity, all kinds of things. Like, I mean, I wasn't working, so I didn't have anything else to do. I just started reading and I kept reading and reading and I was going on YouTube and watching video after video after video. And I started to make different choices. So in the morning, rather than laying in bed until maybe like three o'clock, I started to set myself little targets. And these targets might include things like, today I will stand up and get out of bed by 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And then once I had that down, my target might be I'm going to stand up, be out of bed, showered, washed and dressed by 3 p.m. And then it might be today I'm going to have all that stuff done and and be downstairs hanging out in the lounge by 2 p.m., 1 p.m., you know, midday until it started getting to like a what you might count as like a kind of normal, you know, standard kind of waking up and being ready for the day kind of time right but when you're depressed it's it's really really hard I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that these were easy decisions or easy it was it was tough it was you know genuinely really tough and every day I had to get inside my own head and start cheerleading myself and the more that I started doing that the more that I started realizing that I had this kind of control over my mental health I didn't have to believe every thought that I thought I didn't have to trust every negative thought that I had about myself and I just started to retrain I started to retrain my mind and every day I would hear this internal inner critic and I would correct it so when it would say you're disgusting nobody loves you you're not worthy of anything you don't deserve to be here you're an idiot you're fat you're thick, you're stupid, all these kind of negative things that used to happen automatically in my mind, I started to reprogram that. So I would say to myself, this is an old thought pattern, I no longer need it, I choose to believe, and then I'd flip it on its head. So say, for example, I'm fat, might become this, you know, the, the process might be the thought, I am fat, and then I would think quietly again in my head, this is an old thought pattern, I no longer need this, I choose to believe that I will love my body no matter what shape or size it is. And I started to also practice gratitude. So every morning when I would wake up, I would say, I'm so grateful that I'm alive. And when I first started practicing gratitude, I only laughed because it was really hard. I couldn't think of anything to be grateful for at all, like not even being alive, which is, I mean, let's face it, that is literally like the most amazing thing is to be alive, right? And where we are in this modern 
society, life in general is pretty, we've got it pretty good, right? But when you've got depression, you, you, can't, you can't see any of that stuff. So I started off with things like, I'm grateful for electricity. I am grateful for a bed to lay in and that kind of thing. And then over time that started growing to like, you know, I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I'm able to start to heal. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for this. And I, I, I really built on that. And then from there, I started to be able to get out of bed and I started seeing a therapist and, and worked through, you know, some pretty heavy old traumas and things like that. And it's been an ongoing process. But what I've noticed is over the years of doing all this work and looking in the mirror every day, telling myself that I love myself and man, do you feel like a real, you feel pretty silly, you know, at the beginning doing that. But I remember like the first time I did it, I stood in the mirror and I was like, I love you, Rachel Welford. I truly and deeply love you to your core. And then my inner critic just started laughing at me and was like, you absolutely do not. And then I'd say, this is an odd thought pattern. I no longer need this. I choose to believe that I love myself. And then I'd get into this weird internal argument inside my head of like, I, I choose to believe I love myself. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> and then you really start thinking you're going mad. But over time through neuroplasticity, what starts to happen is, you know, I remember one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, I love you, Rachel Elford. I truly love you to your core. Shh. Like tumbleweed, nothing. No negative voice came up and I was like, damn, I actually believe it now. It felt so nice. It felt so good to be on my own side and to be like my own cheerleader. And obviously I had the support of all my friends and my family and my therapist and everyone. And and that was incredible. Like you need that support network around you as well. But it didn't actually matter in one way what they believed or what they said, because until I believed it myself, it didn't feel real anyway. So all the times people had paid me compliments and I'd batted them off all the times that people had said, I love you. And I'd just sort of gone, yeah, yeah, I love you too, you know, but not really accepted and taken on that declaration of love from from other people and I think that's something that I really wish that I'd known is that if you could see yourself the way your friends and your family and the people that love you could see you it's so powerful and it's such a beautiful space to be in so yeah I don't really know where I'm going with this podcast you know I just wanted to kind of share share some things so I guess in terms of tools where do you start like if if you're the kind of, if you're listening to this podcast now and you you're in bed and and you're where I was when I was watching YouTube videos of you know podcasts were not a thing when I was uh, really really ill in bed so if you're where I was I don't know four or five years ago and you, you're really not in a in a great space I just want you to know first off that everything will improve and that everything is fixable even when you think it's a hundred percent unfixable forgiveness is a huge healing tool letting go is a huge healing tool and you know when people have wronged you and people do some pretty heinous and horrendous things in the world you know and when people have wronged you and you hold on to that that anger that resentment that bitterness that you know, all that negative energy, all that hot kind of wanting revenge on people, all that stuff. When you hold on to that 
an analogy that someone told me when I was healing and I, I didn't quite get it at the time, but I get it now. It's the equivalent of like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So when you can start to work on the process of forgiveness and by forgiveness, I'm not saying accepting that the behavior of the other person is okay or what they did was not a problem or that it was fine because actually there are some things that happen in the world you know where it's truly not okay but when you can let go of that emotional attachment of that vengeance of that bitterness of that anger all the rage all those things that essentially kind of eat us up from the inside you can really really start to to heal yourself and it's a really powerful thing because when we have emotions it's energy in motion so some of those emotions need movement for you to be able to get rid of them sometimes we're going to need to cry sometimes you might need to go for a run sometimes you might want to put some soft cushions or go to the boxing ring and just punch the living shit (laughs) out of a punch bag or a pile of cushions or whatever you know like there's a process right there's a process it's not a linear healing is not a linear stretch right but when we can start to forgive we can start to let go we can start to really take radical responsibility for ourselves right we can actually say you know what my own power is within learning how to take back control of my mind take back control of my emotions i can't control what anyone else does how they behave, what they say, the way that they are. But what I can control is myself. So I can control what I think about myself. And I can choose to think that, you know, I'm incredible, that it's a miracle that I'm born, that I've got unique gifts, that I'm, you know, a loving, kind, compassionate human being. Or I can think that I'm fat and ugly and disgusting. And and who is that serving? It's not serving absolutely anybody for me to feel that way about myself. It's not serving me. It's not serving the world. It doesn't make anybody feel good, right? Once you have that awareness that you have this kind of inner control, this power over yourself, You can start to elicit that. And I'm not talking about turning into someone who's really egotistical and really cocky. You can still be humble with these beliefs about self. But you're not serving anyone by staying small. You're not serving anyone by, you know, feeling that way. And when we can start to generate more positive emotions, we start to generate more positive hormonal reactions within the body. So we move away from generating cortisol and adrenaline which are linked to our kind of more angry, rageful or depressive states. And we can move over into more positive emotions where we're generating things like oxytocin, the love hormone. We're generating DHEA, which helps you look young. Don't know if if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, I look young. (laughs) Joking. But I just want you to know that where you are today is not where you have to stay. Everything is healable. Everything is fixable. If you can start to work on yourself and start there, you know, meditation is just such an incredible, powerful healing tool as well. That has helped me beyond repair, you know, beyond repair. (laughs) That's the wrong word. Beyond 
anything, any of my tools that, you know, meditation is really the one thing that has helped me more than anything. Like if you can manage to sit with yourself, even when you're in fear, even when you're in anger, resentment, bitterness, sadness, shame, that's a hard one to sit with, man. You know, but it it's possible. And when you can start to love yourself, no matter what, and it is a process. And this is a thing that I really want to state to everyone is like, process and progress over perfection like you're not going to get it right every time you know at the beginning when I first started trying to reprogram all the negative thoughts I was probably repeating positive things to myself like eight or ten thousand times a day it's you've got you know it's work it takes time and effort and changing your behavior as well is is difficult like I'm not the same woman that I was when I was sick I, I wouldn't be able to be as healthy as I am now if I don't believe that I would be anyway if I was still partying as much as I used to party if I was still working the hours that I used to work in a a job that you know was kind of draining my soul if I was not nourishing my body with sleep and exercise and the right kinds of foods if I was still drinking alcohol if I was you know all these things that I've now completely changed my behaviors I listen to my body. I rest when I'm tired. I sleep for seven or eight hours a night. I, you know, exercise relatively regularly. I'm not, that's something that I'm still working on. If I'm honest, I'm not a natural exerciser, (laughs) if that's even a thing. But I'm, you know, I'm getting there. I'm starting to learn that, yeah, actually, I enjoy, there's certain things that I enjoy, like running, playing with my kettlebell, hula hooping. (laughs) Weighted hula hoops are fun, man. If you're the kind of person who hates exercise, get yourself a weighted hula hoop, like just put some tunes on. Dancing, right? Like all these different things that you can actually get joy out of. And then, yeah, it's just daily working towards joy, I guess, or love or happiness, whatever it is for you, and taking those baby steps and not feeling like you're not there yet. Like where are we even trying to get, you know? So many times I've been like, oh, I'm not completely healed yet. It's like, well, you know, that's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You can just each day work on, on different steps. So I would say, yeah, if you're, if you're just starting out and you're not sure where to start, I would definitely 100% try and start some kind of self-awareness practice. That could be meditation, that could be journaling, that could be therapy, that could be kind of self-reflective practice, like there's loads of different techniques that you can use, but I would just start practicing some kind of self-awareness. Once you've built some of that self-awareness, I would start to listen, 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 listen to that inner voice and follow, you know, follow your, your soul guidance. If you eat food, And after you've eaten that food, you either feel hyperactive or you feel really super tired or you feel really bloated or, you you know, stop eating that type of food. If you wake up tired every day, but you don't go to bed until 2am because you watch six episodes of Netflix in a row, stop doing that. Ban your, you know, ban yourself from having your laptop in bed or whatever, like start putting some boundaries around what what's okay for you and what's not okay for you. If you're the kind of person who wakes up every day and dreads going to work, like maybe work on your CV, like just have a little look out at what other opportunities might be there. Like the world is full of infinite possibilities. And often we 
narrow our view so much that we can't see what's open to us and you know start believing in yourself know that anything's possible like I remember when I was really really ill and I was thinking maybe I can't heal myself maybe this is not going to work maybe I'm forever going to be just depressed every single day right and then I would look at people like Joe Dispenza who was essentially paralyzed and then meditated his way to having a healthy spine and then I'd look at all these I mean there's just plethora of examples of people who've cured themselves from cancer who've you know overcome the most insane accidents or 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 you know disabilities within their mind or their body and they've thrived so it's totally possible but you have to be patient you have to be persistent and you have to really believe in yourself and believe in the possibility that that it can happen so I guess yeah that's all the things that I wish I'd known so far for this year I mean I'm sure there's other things but I feel like that's a good end to the season I'm super excited about things I wish I'd known too season two I'm working on it at the moment so there'll be more in 2020 if you haven't listened to all the episodes yet please go back through and have a little listen to all the different ones and let me know what you think if there's anyone you want me to interview or any subjects you want me to cover off then please do put some comments or send me a dm or you can email me you can access on my website or via instagram or leave a comment on youtube and i can pick all that stuff up but i really genuinely am so grateful to everyone that's listened and if you've shared this with your friends or if you've sent me you know all the lovely messages that i've had from people saying i listened to this in my car i was listening to this now i'm gonna use those tools or it really helped me or it really resonated with me like that's why i'm doing this i'm just really passionate about sharing knowledge and hopefully changing the way people view mental health in general like there's a lot of different paths to healing right and for some people it's going to be medication and whatever and I'm, I'm not anti-medication I think it can have a place in as part of a healing solution but unless you really get to the root of what the problem is you're just constantly putting a band-aid over the top and I think the more that you can access the root of the problem build that awareness get super brave on the new steps that you need to take start changing your behavior maybe change your diet all these different things that can help support your healing and then just continually making better choices each day that is the way to heal so thank you so much again for listening and this is the last one of this season but we will be back soon I wish I was saying I'll see you again next week but I will see you very soon with season two take care thanks so much for listening if you'd like to find out more about my work through one-to-one sessions corporate well-being or even coming and joining me on my yoga and sound healing retreats in Morocco then please check out my website www.com welfordwellbeing.com and remember you can always follow me on social media at Welford Wellbeing over on Instagram and Facebook and like, subscribe and share on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube.